0: Welcome to Ministry IRL. I'm your host, Patrick Weed, and I'm super excited to explore with you what life can be like behind the scenes for those who are in ministry. Let's talk about what ministry is like in real life. I never thought this would happen. Um, I've been following Carl Whitaker now for over 10 years, and this guy, man, um, you have inspired me so, so much. And I just want to say, first and foremost, thank you for making the time today to join us on Ministry IRL. I really appreciate it, man. Dude,
1: Patrick, I, I, I was, when you got excited to hang out with me, I was like, I don't want to talk to, to, talk to anyone else today. I just want to talk to this guy.
0: <laughs> oh, dude. So I went back and I was looking through things. So I go as far back as your ragamuffin soul uh, like a blog that you were writing way, way yeah,
1: Blog. Do people even know that listening to your podcast, what a blog is?
0: <laughs> Only the ones that are as old as we are, my friend.
1: Right, right.
0: <laughs> so one thing I found, um, I don't know if you remember this, but you, uh, I mean, you've got a whole bunch going on. You've, you've written some books at this point. You, like you, we were chatting, you do podcasts everywhere right now. Um, a lot of people probably know you from your single ladies viral video. That's a big one probably yeah the one though that i remember the most is and i don't know if you remember this but so i bought like your your ep or your your you know music release that you did the um all those songs and i remember watching some videos from you back then you were sitting in like i think it was a diner and yep. you were talking about stuff and i remember you mentioned yeah i've got this community of Rag, Rag Muffin soul, and soul there's about 7000 people and then now dude you've got an Instagram of like over freaking 80,000 followers. That's cr- it's crazy. Did you it ever is, did you ever think it would get that far?
1: Um I don't I don't know, you know like I feel like even when even when I mean because the truth of the matter is a year ago um even I mean just 12 months ago my Instagram was like 32,000 and um, and so even when it was, you know, not 80,000, not more than double what it is now, like, the community was still so strong, you know, and it was a lot of people that read my blog that came over um, to Instagram once I started doing that. And then obviously, Instagram is my blog now, like, like Instagram is where I share my heart, write three paragraphs a day, just like I did on my blog. And, um, and so the, the community has always been um, very committed um, they, they've always been, they've always felt like they were a part of my, a part of my life. And I, I feel like more and more people are discovering that, you know, I, my, my calling card used to be, um, authenticity. That was like my, my calling card back in Ragamuffin Soul days. I was like, um, you know, people are desperate for authenticity. Um, and I just don't feel like that's changed. And I feel like people, people show up and they get, you know, I share, um, videos or whatever it may be that people show up. And it's not just that video. They start scrolling through my feed and they realize, oh, this guy's like, wow, like he's really sharing the depths of his, of his life. And so, um, you know, my, my, my community has always been very committed, uh, to me and my ministry. And, you know, this is ministry in 2020, you know, like this is what, this is what it looks like. And so, um, I'm excited to, you know, kind of see it continue to grow. And, you know, um, I, I feel like the Lord has me lords maybe maybe use those blogging days um of of writing every single day and being authentic every single day for such a time as as this like i Mm. feel like right now uh people are so desperate for hope that um you know i'm giving it to them in a in a little bit more of a raw way than they may experience from other evangelical (laughs) leaders you know so
0: now i like what you said right there too because my next question actually was going to be so In reading through different stuff, looking at the book that you've written, Enter Wild, which I literally just finished the other day, which I was happy I finished it before this interview. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But you call yourself a hope dealer. And I wanted to ask you, like, tell us, tell us what that means.
1: Yeah. You know, hope dealer is, um, it's something that I used to, used to tell people like on airplanes when I'd get on them, when I'd sit down and they're like, what do you do? And, and it was at the point in my life where I honestly didn't, didn't quite know what I did because I was doing a thousand different things. Oh. Um, you know, I was, I may have been um, consulting with a company on storytelling and then that was a third of my income. And then I was speaking, but then I was still worship leading. And then I was still, you know, um, on retainer doing hosting events. And so, you know at the end of the day i started just telling people yeah, i'm a hope dealer like that that's what i do like and no, no matter what facet i'm in no matter what i'm doing i'm trying to uh, propel hope now it's a little bit easier to s- explain what i do i mean i i basically just write books and talk about them um but but the hope dealer thing is um it's true like it's 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 what i feel called to do it's what i feel um, um it it describes how people feel about what i'm teaching uh how people feel about the content that i'm producing and so it's really it's really what what i what i like to be known as still you know like i'm a hope dealer um and uh maybe i should get a shirt with that or something
0: (laughs) i'd buy it i like that i mean i really like that idea and you combine that with the aspect of authenticity and i mean it that's a big deal nowadays to be able to find hope from an authentic person like yeah so 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 like I said, I just finished your book. And so Enter Wild, um, I'll read the title here, Exchange a Mild and Mundane Faith for Life with an Uncontainable God. And I'm sure there's a lot of pieces to this book. Um, I thought I'd share something you, with you real quick. So, so my dad grew up Presbyterian, um, but then he went off to go to Bible college um, under some guys named John Wimber and Peter Wagner. And basically his life got rocked. Um, wow. And then we go off to do missions and I start growing up and um, at about 11, 12 years old, my whole life just got completely turned upside down got filled with the Holy spirit. A bunch of things happened. Our church was going crazy, people getting healed. And, and I remember during that time, like for me, it was like, this thing is such a big thing. This seeing God move this way is such a big deal. Um, And I remember even like years later going off to Bible college myself, meeting friends, eventually meeting my wife and being like, you need to experience this. And as I was reading your book, I was like, man, it 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 sounds like a very similar voice in that sense. And there was a part in the book where you talked about you guys switching churches. And I guess kind of my question is like, would you be willing to expound on that a little bit? And like, what was it that made you start seeking God in a bit more of a crazy wild way, right?
1: Man, yeah, that's such a good question. You know, I we we had we had actually left our church because it, it just fall fallen apart here in Nashville. Um the uh the senior pastor, which was one of my best closest friends, um, you know, he had a he had a moral failure and the wow. and the church fell apart. Um and so we were just kind of like dragging our feet and like what do we do? Where do we go? Um and I I don't know if, if it was like an intentional thing, like trying to find something more spirit filled or if we just kind of happened to, um, well, no, I know it wasn't, it wasn't that Uh, at the time I was on the rock and worship roadshow, which is like this Christian, you know, conglomeration of a circus and a bunch of bands, you know, you know, whatever. And I was the host. And so this was 2016 maybe. And, we were we started going to another friend's church in um, um, another friend's church in Franklin, which was like south of Nashville. Great church called Church of the City. Um, but it was just a little too far for us, and so while I was on tour, my wife decided to start checking out some other churches. So, you know, we had a lot of friends that went to this church called the Belonging, and the Belonging was was meeting in a in a space in a rented space called Rocket Town, and all I knew about the Belonging was like just all the beautiful, pretty um young yep. beautiful Christians go to, you know? And um uh and so like like as um as as we um as Heather started going there, she felt really um she felt really like the first day she went there with the kids, I wasn't I wasn't there, she said she felt the presence of God like she'd never felt before. And I was like, what does that even mean? You know, like Yep. what are you talking about? Like I've led worship my entire life. Like I, I get goosebumps when, when we, you know, sing, you know, whatever new Chris Tomlin song there is. Like I know what the presence of God is. And um, and so they, 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 they went like three weeks in a row. While I was at town when I was like, listen, that's cute. But like, we're not going there. Like, I just want to let you know, like, we're not, we're not going to this church. Like actually at the time um, I had had a run in with, with one of the pastors. So there's co-pastors there, Alex and Henry Seely. And um, Henry was, well, so they, they came from a church called Planet Shakers in Australia. And so Planet Shakers is a big, it's basically second biggest church next to Hillsong out there. Yep. You know, if you remember the song Healer, like all these incredible songs came out of Planet Shakers. And so um, the, he, they were the worship pastors there. And so once like I was Creation Festival, like 2011, maybe 2010, like I'd run into him in a green room somewhere And I just remember like not having the greatest experience, like, like, I don't know, like, you know, it's so funny, like you, that's the worst thing about being kind of known is people judge you based off of one experience with them. Like he may have like had a stomach ache, like, who knows? Like, all I remember is like, I tried to say, hey, and like, I I felt brushed off. And so I had this, this small little inkling of a feeling like, you know what, like, forget that guy, you know, like, like, he's not. And so when I found out they were the pastors of that church, I was like, I'm definitely not going to that church. So Heather convinces me to go to the church and and I said okay I'll go for one Sunday but that's it. So I show up and it was exa- I mean you know the you know the rest of the story. I mean any, anyone can figure it out like the the palpable presence of holy spirit was just it, I I've never experienced anything like this. I mean it was mind blowing. The the one of the worship leaders Meredith Andrews um I I'd, I'd like made a record with her before and she used to be a worship leader at a church called Harvest in Chicago and I remember like oh that's that cute little worship leader chick that like you know she was kind of like the pop version of worship leading back in 2010-2011 she was leading worship and there was something completely different about her on that stage and I was like this place is incredible and then this is the (laughs) the nail in the coffin um so the message was like straight to me like I was crying the entire service then Henry gets up on stage the same same Henry that I ran into in a green room and he's like, at the end, he's like, um, "Okay, so you know, church, you know, service is over, but church is not, you know." And I was telling her, that, "Hey, let's get out of here fast because I don't want anybody to see me. Um, that because I don't want them to know that we visited here." She's like, "That's stupid, but okay." So we ran out of the ran, ran out first before he dismissed, and then he dismisses as we get through the door, the back door, and I was like, "Okay, so nobody saw us," and so we're walking in the parking lot, and then all of a sudden I hear behind me, "Carlos, Carlos," and I was like, and I turn around and it's Henry. And he's shouting my name. Somehow he got off the stage, sprinted to the back, and started yelling my name. And um I was like, well, and he ran up to me, he just grabbed me, he said, Hey man, like just to let you know, our church has been praying for your family. And we, we know that you guys have, have left, you know, cross points And I was just so glad to see you here and just you 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 can feel safe here. And you know, if you ever need anything, let us know. And dude, I just started weeping. Like I was like, ah, you know, wow. and he told me later. He said, while well, he was up there, he said, the Holy Spirit, like, put a spotlight on me. He said it was completely dark out there, and he said it was like a spotlight. It illuminated me, and Holy Spirit said, chase him, like, go after him. And so he ran after me, and dude, that, that's just like, that was the first Holy Spirit story of a million that have happened since we've been at that church. So, yeah, everything changed when we went there, and it's um it's been an incredible, incredible, incredible experience. That may be more than you wanted to oh, hear, but.
0: No, that was really good. Actually, that was probably my my biggest point of like interest of like wondering just like, cause like you said, you share so much of your life. And that one, I was just like, man, how did, you know, this guy who's, I mean, I don't want to say conservative, but like, you know, the down South yeah. Bible belt, kind of guy. And then now all of a sudden you're writing this book where it's like, Holy spirit moving and doing stuff and changing your life. And I feel like also like, and there's like too many pieces, but I don't want to like not touch on some of them, all the stuff that you went through with your marriage, All the stuff that you've gone through with your daughter. Like, I feel like sometimes when, let's see, how do I say this appropriately on a podcast? When everything hits the fan, it's kind of sometimes the moment where I I feel like God goes, and now I'm going to show you my power. Now I'm going to show you where I can come in and I can radically, you know, affect your life and and where you need me the most. So, and dude, like, I think on that point too, I want to just say like, thank you. Like you like like you said, and it's not you've impacted me not just through the way you do things, but by you being open to share your stories. And I think that it's worthwhile for you to know that there are people out there who, as you're open and honest about the struggles that you've been through, like that, like I'm one of the people that you've encouraged, that you've helped, and just by you sharing your story. So I think you deserve a thank you.
1: Thank you, man. Thank you. It's it's why it's why I share what I share. It's, I feel like that's the best vehicle for not only the gospel, but for people changing their lives and seeing other people's lives, you know, changed. And, um, and, you know, I mean, cause even, even with this um, kind of shift in my perspective of what, what I feel like is available to us on this side of heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, like it was, it was probably out of everything I've shared, to be honest with you, like, it was the scariest thing to honestly start sharing this shift in perspective on Holy Spirit and miracle signs and wonders, because I, my following was a, just a bunch of white conservative evangelicals that, you know, it was, that were kind of living in the land of sin management. And, um, and when I, you know, got on the boat and left the shores, and I think I, I use this example in the book of left the shores of sin management and immigrated and got stepped off the boat on the lands of miracle signs and wonders. It was, you know, it was scary to, to start sharing that stuff and um, scarier than anything else, to be honest with you, because I think um, this, this stuff, like people, I and mean, people are embedded in their theology and people are embedded in what they, oh, yeah. what they believe. And so again, I, I, I don't feel like I ever shared it in a teachy way. I feel like I've always shared it in like, this is what's changing in my life's way. And so I think, it was like a year ago. No, it was it was a year and a half ago. It was like New Year's two thousand nineteen, when our pastor we we were having a New Year's Eve service. I don't know if you remember this, but but he um, he called me forward at the end of the service and prayed this word over me. Hmm. Um, and it was it was one of the most like prophetic. Like he just said, Carlos, you're no longer a communicator and a speaker. Like you've you've been you've been great and you've been obedient in doing that. But now you're filled with the presence of the Holy Spirit and you're a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And like something just flipped, you know, in me. And um, and again, my ministry looks different now, even than a year ago, because I feel like I have. I have an opportunity to share, to be like a like like a an open door to people that are. Um, not even Christians. There's so many non-Christians that follow me on Instagram now. Yeah. Um, And so, you know, people might even say, I've had some people say, Carlos, you you know, even in the last six months, you don't talk about Jesus as much on the, on your Instagram. You don't talk about um, the Holy Spirit as much. You don't talk about, you know, and I, and again, like my Instagram is, is um, what I've, what I feel like the Lord has positioned me for now Hmm. An introduction to people to see the work of Holy Spirit through me not necessarily me speaking about it. Right. And so like preach yeah. the gospel in every season, but if you have to speak about it, right. Like, so like we're, we're constantly, I'm constantly being the gospel and people, there's a lot of people that are like, huh, like, you know, I would never buy a religious book. I get this all the time, but, but I love you and, and love your family. And so I'm going to buy your book and I'm like, holy cow. I mean, if there's ever been a book that's unapologetic about the gospel, mm-hmm. it's inner wild. And yep. so I've got, I've got these, atheists like dming me going hey man i'm on chapter five and i don't have a bible but you're talking about praying the promises like can you give me some of these promises to pray and so this is kind of like where i find myself in this sweet sweet season of 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 being filled with holy spirit yet being a light to to the world that um that maybe doesn't have language to understand what that is and it's it's been a blast
0: yeah that's so cool so i want to touch on one quick thing too um You've dealt with, and you you kind of walked into it already, so you've dealt with a lot of people I'm just going to say it judging you yeah like yeah. outright, like you're not doing up I, I actually really i don't want to say enjoy it because that seems like it's wrong, but when you share the d m s and and kind of just what happens in your like conversation with people, I'm just like I yeah, freak yeah. out and I just start laughing, I'm just like, this is crazy I did too so I yeah and I, and I know, and so. And you've been around enough pastors and enough people who deal with, like when they step out, when they're trying their best to do what God's telling them, but at the same time, it seems crazy. You know, they, they start getting people who are just like, you're the worst. I hate you. Or, you know, they start getting just or like, that's crazy. That's not of God. That's not safe. Like just kind of all that stuff. Could you talk to us just a little bit about like how you handle that? Like, how do you handle when you're stepping out and trying to do what God's telling you to, but then it feels like you're getting backlash. Like what do you
1: do? Yeah. I used to be, get so offended. Like I used to, Mm. um, it used to hurt so bad. And I think two things, the first thing you have to realize is, um, is you may be wrong. Like I may be wrong. Mm. So I I think for the longest time I had this like idea that if I spoke something and I believed it with all my heart, then I was right. (laughs) Right. Like, like that, that's just, I mean, that's, that's the problem with 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 social media today that's the problem with facebook today and everyone Mm -hmm. everyone's like if you if you believe something with your whole heart then you've got to be right and and so you get so offended so i think the first thing i had to do was realize okay i need to listen to every critique for what it's you know give it give it um time let it breathe and see if if there's anything in it that may be true um and so i do that with all of them but the second thing i i realize is especially for the ones that are just so blatantly like like people call me blasphemous. I think I shared a DM yesterday, like, you know, you know, I've unfollowed you because you've become so blasphemous. Um, and, and, and I think the second thing that, um, people need to do when, when they suffer criticism is honestly look for the wounding and the trauma in the words of the people that are attacking you. So like, Mm. like the people that, that are attacking me, like they're, there's wounding and trauma. And anytime I share a DM, like, obviously, like I never share who wrote it. Um, and it's all, and it's always after, after I've had, I've gone like as far and as long as I can with these people. Like I'm, I'm like, it's the most grace-filled conversation. And then I'm just done. Like, I'm just, you know, like, like I, I, I'm just done. But what I do realize is like their critiques are based in, in some sort of truth in their life. Mm, And so, um, and so for me, like, although I know it's not true in reality, I know it's not true in my life and I know it's not true in most people's lives. It is true in their life. And so what, what has happened in their life to make it true and, and maybe get to that place, maybe get to that place. And, you know, it's when I go there with them, sometimes I'll, um, you know, if they're like going off of me and my DMS and I re- reply kindly and they go off again, I'll actually send them a video and they they're not expecting it all. And I'll just, I'll just DM him a video. I'm like, Hey, listen, I just, I just want to know that, you know, that I'm for you. Like, I'm, I'm not like against you. Like, I, and I'm a real person. I'll poke, poke my face like this, you know? And so like, like, I just need you to know that, like, I'm not, I'm not here to argue with you and I want to pray for you. And if there's anything I can do, let me know to, you know, to help you or to pray for you, bro. That Whenever I do that, that immediately shuts the conversation. They either shut down and don't DM back or all of their pain and trauma come out. In a video back to me, and then I, I get to pray for them, and suddenly hmm. my biggest critic has become my biggest fan. And yeah. so, you know, I, I try to tell people all the time that if critiques get so personal to you and, and the insults get so bad, um, go to their pain point, go to their trauma point, and 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 actually remove the conversation from whatever it is you're talking about, and ask them how it is you can pray for their pain point. And it, dude, it's it's been the most eye-opening thing for me. And so, I guess two things again. One, look for truth in their critiques, but two, um, go to their pain point and, um, and realize that that they're speaking out of trauma. That's
0: hmm. so good, it's so good. I love it, man. Well, I've asked you a lot of serious questions. I thought I'd save one kind of fun question for the end. Yeah. I, I need to know what's your fascination with birds?
1: <laughs> yes <laughs> I, I would say most people I would say most people are um, terrified of birds. Um and and I just love them. There there's something honestly like when it started when they're, my wife got attracted
0: to you too. Like like I can't get them to get in my yard, dude. Like you've got like birds galore. They know they know this is this is uh, the male Snow White's home,
1: and um and they you know birds. I was started when we got a chicken, and I just remember my mind being blown that a chicken can lay an egg, and in 27 days, um that egg is is like a functioning chick like I, I just remember thinking like how can something go from like a yolk to like bones and a heart beating and and feathers and walking around and being so cute in 27 days and i just remember you yep. know looking at that thinking like that's god is incredible like mm. how can you not look at a chicken egg and think there's a god like I, I, and i just remember seeing that and then Uh-oh. that went into a, a robin built a nest in my backyard and i got yep. into that and then now we got a bluebirds and a little bluebird house yep. in the front yard and I'm I into that it. and so it's just become a cool thing
0: dude it's so cool it's so much fun to watch I, and I feel like that's another part of like your authenticity is like not do you just share stories of what's happened around you but like dude, yeah it's the biggest thing I think I've learned from you I mean and there's a lot but one of the biggest ones is like there's a story everywhere like everywhere and and, and seeing God working in things everywhere around you and and it's something I've passed on to a bunch of friends um, I've got, by the way, I'm just going to say, um, I've got a couple people who I got to buy your book. Uh, so people listening awesome. out there go buy awesome. enter wild. It's a great book. Yeah. You should check it out. It's really good. Um, but I'll say this, my favorite part, just kind of with all the animals and everything that you write about. Um, I, I'm, I was thinking, I'm like, I don't want to ruin it. You don't want to ruin the end of a book, <laughs> but my favorite chapter was the last chapter. Oh, really? Yeah. dude. Like, uh, so I grew up in Africa for a little while. Oh, okay. Missionary okay. Yeah. And so all the pieces and like, just all the the safety pieces that you talk about in there. Yep. And like, you know, just, and again, I don't want to ruin it for people, but like, sure. No, but you can go ahead. Pieces. Okay. So the, the, the car, the, without the doors <laughs> and everything, and just your daughter's reaction to the animals and driving off road, like that whole thing. I was like, I was there. It spoke to parts of my life, both yeah, having yeah. lived in Africa, as well as just dealing with like being in the midst of the chaos and yeah. scary wild i want to keep using that word um yeah, yeah. but yeah dude like and how you use animals to tell stories i think is just so super cool
1: i really dude, love thanks man that's awesome yeah. that's awesome
0: cool well uh i first want to say that carlos thanks again for being with us here um and for everybody who's listening just uh i can't believe that i get to do this like my friends and then now some of my heroes get to come on this that's awesome, show man. and it's so cool so Make sure to come back every Friday for another episode of Ministry IRL.